about watching that television show I taped yesterday? Welcome, one and all, to an amazing episode of Do You Remember Robotech? And I am so excited to have our first ever guest appearing on this show. That's right, Mr. Henry Kissinger. Finally, it's a tough one to get. We got him on here. Wait, hold on. Just getting a call. Oh, my God, no. National hero Henry Kissinger. Oh, well. Rest in, rest in hell, dirtbag. How's it going? What's up? It's an episode of a show. It's me, Shane, and who's, who's over there wiggling about? I, I do no wiggling, sir. I, I wish, I wish there was no wiggling at all, ever. I don't like wiggling. Uh, I'm Manny, though. Hi, That's how Henry Kissinger died by overwiggling. Isn't that sad? Uh, I, I'm gonna need to fact check that. I'm gonna need some some sources on that. <laughs> he refused to let it get out. That he wiggled too much to his death. They made up some new conspiracy theory. I mean, it'll get you. That's why I don't. That's why I don't wiggle personally. Smart. If you're out there, stop wiggling. That's all I gotta say to you. Whoever's out there, editing Shane, especially you, you you stop wiggling. That's my future life. You're handling right there, pal. Okay. Uh, editing Shane, you can wiggle a little bit. I'll allow it. We should have editing Shane on the podcast. That'd be fun. I mean, isn't that like, would, would that create like some sort of t- time paradox? I, I guess you're right. He, he kind of already is on the podcast in a weird way. Whenever he, he brings him in, I put a few editing Shane bits into the podcast last time. Maybe I'll show them to you if I think they're funny enough. Anyway. Uh, yes, I should sound a little bit better. Uh, now that I'm closer to my mic, I've learned how to use it properly. I'm just a dumb little caveman learning to use tools. Uh, but what? I couldn't think of a segue. Sorry. Let's let's start the show. Um, and by starting the show, I mean, let's quickly talk amongst ourselves. Manny, what's, what have you been doing? What cool stuff have you been up to? I renewed my driver's license. Woo! Very cool. Very cool. How, did you have any fun experiences there at the DMV? Uh, yes. My fun experience was I asked the lady that took my picture, can you make my, sh- uh, can you make sure my hair looks good? Uh, really? And then she, she giggled. And then when she took the photo, she was like, here, come take a look at this photo. What do you think of your hair? <laughs> and, and she showed me and uh, my hair looked all right. Did you go like, oh, you like in the Simpsons bit? Uh, no, I said that, uh, that's one good looking dude. Wow. It'd be pretty cool if you just had like a picture of you kissing her as your driver's license photo. Uh, I thought, what? What? <laughs> I, I don't mean like an alpha. I was, I was going to say something else, and then I just like thought about what you said for a second. <laughs> uh, if there's a manly enough stud that comes in, he gets a little kiss from me as his driver's license photo. Uh, just a thing that I thought was weird was that yeah. uh, when she showed me the monitor, uh, 
like it was just two pictures. It was the picture she just took and the picture on my previous license. So it was just weird that like I guess it shows them to compare, like make sure this is the person or something. There are two wolves inside of us. That was editing Manny on the other picture. There is, there is no editing Manny. I'm sorry. Ah. I'm sorry to tell editing Shane. He's on his own. Editing Manny. Well, we'll he, he's in hell along with Henry Kissinger, unfortunately. Editing Manny would have helped you on the Common Rider podcast, but not on this. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Um, do you, are you going to ask what I've been up to? Uh, I mean, you always just tell me, so go ahead. I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. And that oh, is, I, I had not heard anything. I had heard no talk about you doing anything Final Fantasy VII related at all ever in the past three months. It is okay. It's a lot of padding, which is a little bit frustrating because I'm like, why can't they just have less game and have the developers have done less work? That's good, good win-win for everyone. It's just a lot of like big, long kind of boring dungeons and like be the one kind of fun thing that happens in between. I don't know if it's just like a weird part of the game I'm in and like the combat hasn't quite hit yet. It's sometimes like the whole combat thing is that you're trying to stagger people. And then when they're staggered, you do a lot more damage, but sometimes it's like hard for a little dumb me to figure out what's supposed to stagger people more. Cause like there's abilities that like are supposed to do a lot of stagger stuff, but then it just doesn't feel like they're doing as much. And like, let's do like a big fire spell and that does a bunch of stagger damage. And I don't know. It's uh, annoying. Uh, I'm glad you're having fun. It's okay. I think I'm back going back and forth between playing the English and the Japanese. I don't know which is is better there. I I think the Japanese is a little better. I do like Jesse's English voice a little bit. Uh, Aerith's English voice is okay too. It's fine. Uh, I don't think any of the the writing is is really impressive in in the way that I I like it to be. But you know, every once in a while, like I should do that clip of Roche. That's a cool guy. You know, the bike guy. Uh, I mean, that's a cool guy. I don't know if you can really do anything with him. But yeah. like in the moment, he's cool, I guess. Yeah, that's you know, his long-term prospects are maybe a little limited. But when he shows up, it's like, oh, hey, it's Roach. Love that guy. And that's basically what I've been doing with my free time. Playing that video game. And uh, oh, oh, God, the last thing they've, they've had us doing in that game is like, I think people have infamously complained about this, but so like in the original Final Fantasy VII, there's like one big weird hand in the background of like one screen. And in Remake, they have a bunch of extremely arduous, annoying puzzles where you're taking control of a giant hand, moving shipping containers across, moving Aerith onto the shipping containers. She so can do stuff. It sucks. It's so bad. Like you can't, you can't like put like if Aerith is on a shipping container, you can't grab the shipping container. So just like move it slowly down, grab Aerith, move it slowly to the right, put Aerith down, move slowly back to the shipping container. It sucks. Bad video game stuff. I'm I'm, I'm so glad you're having so much fun with this video game that you've devoted so much time to. Yeah, it's all going to be. Listen, what maybe like the third one is going to be the were, real. Were you going to say it's all going to be worth it? Were you going to say that? Yeah, it's going to be worth it when I get to the good part and they make the sequel that is really, really good and way better than the first one. I mean, sh- surely like they'll just be adapting more stuff. So there's more interesting things happening, right? That's what there's I believe. Also, going to be just as much padding. So, I why I don't. I wish they would not do it. 
I wish I wish it was just all media would just be great forever at all times. I mean, is yeah, that so much? Yeah, I mean, I want that too, but it's not going to happen ever. Yeah. What's what's the closest media that does that for you? Just like only A plus, all all hits along the way. Robotech. <laughs> uh, Carl Basics. That that's his doing. He made it all hits all the way across. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> who who are we covering for Robotech? What's what's the name of the segment this time? Uh, what's the name of the segment? It's uh, brought to you by Carl Masek, Manny's voice actor corner. Carl Masek's that- Manny's voice actor corner. Uh, starring, uh, not starring Carl Masek. I'm sorry. Uh, we couldn't get him in today. We're going to look at Roy. Fokker, not Foker, Roy Fokker. We're fucking. We're fucking. Like I'm fucking all night. I, I think I think I just said fucking, right? Yeah, you, you just... didn't. You didn't say fucking. You said fucking. <laughs> uh, unrelated to what we were talking about, I'm going to be having <laughs> sex. All right, unrelated. Okay, this is a separate thing. Uh, Roy Foker. Wait, no wait. Foker is the other one. Okay, I'm confusing myself now. Here, they need to stop having similar names. Uh, Roy Fokker is uh, portrayed by uh, one, should I say Akira or should I say Akira? Like, should I be that guy? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of always that, that guy, guy with with the names. Uh, uh, Roy Fokker is, Fokker? Yes, Fokker. Roy Fokker is portrayed by Kamiya Akira. He, uh, <clears throat> uh, he's uh, 77 years old now, so he's, he's, uh, He's one of the, the top dogs, and he's still he's still voice acting. I, I was looking up his age. He's still working. He's still working it. Uh, I, th- I think I was looking at at his list of roles, and one of my favorite ones uh, was one that I think I've shown you some clips of from Sailor Moon. It's it's yeah. that mad scientist with the, the eyeglasses silhouette. Oh, he's he's good. I like that yeah. fellow. He's cool. Love that guy. Love that guy. He's the one that has he has like all the evil girlfriends, right? Yes. Love him. Yeah, like the the ever revolving lineup of girlfriends that one kills the next one, kills the next one, kills the next one. That's a polycule. <sighs> oh no, no, uh, that's a polykill. Huh? Yeah? Is that funny? Uh yes, sure. <laughs> Speaking of polykills, he is also uh Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star. Well yo, he's so cool. Yes, he is. Is he it? really? Kenshiro's Fokker? Yes, oh, yep. that's epic. That's cool. Like I like that's that's like a guy whose voice is so well known that people who sometimes don't even know anime know like the exact way he reads a line, you know, the mm-hmm. um you shouldn't do that sort of thing. Good shit. Uh, uh I'll say the whole thing. Kind of like that. I mean, you kinda of butchered it, but I'll take it. I did. Take it. I did. But it's so good. Uh I butchered everything. A couple of other ones here for you. Here. Yeah. He is uh in the anime City Hunter. He is Rick the Hunter, titular, the oh. titular city hunter. Oh, not unrelated to Rick Hunter. Uh, close, close. I mean, as, as close as you can get. Uh, I've seen watch... City Hunter. I haven't seen City Hunter, but I know that the City Hunter guy is cool because I've seen him in like in various like things here and there, and I was like, "Oh, this guy looks cool. I should watch this," and I just never do. Part of me feels that City Hunter is a thing that's maybe best left in the imagination of thinking it looks kind of cool. Not if you sit down to watch it, it'll be kind of mid. Uh, I mean, there was like a new City Hunter movie that that he did, like in uh, 20, 2019, like just kind of recent. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's also the dad, like uh, in in Detective Conan. You know, like the dad with the weird mustache. Do you know yeah, what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, he's funny. I've seen like three episodes of Detective Conan, so I'm nearly caught up. Uh, let me just check how many episodes of Detective Conan there are. I'm not nearly caught up. There's many more. No, no, no. The the percentage bar is not not full. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. By the way, I've enjoyed the three episodes of Detective Conan quite a bit. I think like I, I'm I'm a guy that likes a, a Sherlock Holmes mystery. And I think Detective Conan really understands, like, hey, we're going to do a, a fun one of these in 24 minutes each time. I, I you know, obviously seen a very small amount of it. But each each time? Up, I mean, it's been a lot of times. Okay, I don't know the quality of each one. But, you know, in, in terms of what I've seen, I've seen three of them, and they're all been very fun and, like, having a tiny little crime of the week. Okay, so I'm looking at his roles here, and he's done a lot of, like, kind of main character or main character adjacent characters in giant robot shows from the seventies and eighties. So he's like the protagonist in, uh, in like get a robo. Right. Yeah. Roma. Uh, cool guy. Yeah. yeah, Roma. Uh, he is in a UFO robo grandizer. No one cares about that one in America. Uh, in dynamic guy King. You know, they've been uh, a Grandizer game like recently, like they came out, like within like the past like month or two. Yes, I saw that. And I was like, oh, this looks like a cool robot. And then uh, I knew which robot it was. And I was like, oh, shit, that's that's I, I don't know what to say about this. Who would do this? Why would they do this? Like, this is, did they just plan on losing money. But like, it's a passion project. I don't get it. Grandizer is like really popular in, I think, Italy. Is that where someone like that? Italy mm-hmm. or France or something? Yeah, yeah. There's, there was a couple of, of like anime they took off in italy like like tiger mask they love that yeah. over there in italy huh uh yes dynamic guy king uh is it combatler v or combatler five i think it's five as someone who's watched that show i think it's five man i just love these like 70s like robot uh anime names dynamic guy king super electromagnetic robo combatler v Fighting General Daimos. He's a protagonist in that one too. I think Kazuya Yuzaki. Uh, this is one called Super Dimension Fortress Macross. That's a pretty cool name, right? Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I think you do that joke every single time of mentioning the, <laughs> the, the, the Macross character of the actor you're covering. I mean, and, and I'm not going to stop. Just because you pointed it out doesn't mean I'm going to stop. Okay. All right. Uh, that- and one more that I want to point out. Yep. One last one. He did in all three movies. Yago from the Aladdin movies. Oh yeah. Do you think he does like a Godfrey impression Japanese? I, I think he does a Godfrey impression. I, I didn't look it up, but I'm pretty sure he does. He does. He's gotta, right? He's gotta. Editing Shane, you're gonna have to put Japanese Yago in here. You gotta. We gotta know. Oh, now I wanna know too. Editing yeah. Shane, link link me to that. At editing Shane, don't don't listen to him. I I love you more. I'm closer to you. No, I'm I'm, I'm, ed- I'm editing Shane's friend. You're just like <laughs> you're just like his his commander or something. Superior <laughs> <His> officer. <laughs> okay, he'll 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 make up his own mind. Uh, anyhow, yeah, cool cool guy, cool role. I mean, Ken Ken Shiro, that's just like a winner. You know, you yes. won. Yeah, that's that's all you need. You're a guy. You don't want to mention he's Gren Cuts in Tobol. I saw that and I, was, <laughs> I thought, should I should I mention that for Shane? And I said, no, 
he doesn't deserve this. He's he's Grin- just bossing around, editing Shane all the time. Grincott's great name. I, I don't nothing. Is Tobel like a fighting game? Do you know what what's Tobel's de- deal? No, I have no idea what it is. I've only ever seen like Tobel two though. I don't. Is there Tobel one? Yes, to- it's called Tobel number one. Oh wow! Okay, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a fighting game. Uh, I think like oh yeah, Kira Toriyama did the art. Oh, it looks it looks really good actually. His uh, his art for that. Uh, okay, I should mention him. that he's also got a bunch of other little roles, but nothing nothing really worth mentioning for us here in this in this podcast. You should you should mention. There's nothing else worth mentioning. Uh, I did I did say that. Thank you for pointing <laughs> it out. Uh, are we are we covering the American guy too, the Robotech uh, fellow? No, 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 no. Well, you know, I got to save some stuff for for next week. Okay, well, is he like a big enough guy to deserve saving it for next week? I can tell you that I totally one hundred percent checked. Okay, well, hold. On. I'll I'll check now because if it's like one or two dudes, then we, we may. I mean, well if it's one it. or two dudes, I'll just I'll just bundle him up with somebody else. That that's rude. You got you got to have him. With you know the the brothers there, that's the whole point of the comparison pocket. I, I'm going to search it right now live. Filker Robotech voice actor. His name is Dan Warren, and what has Dan Warren Dan for me recently? He's got he's Boatman and Naruto, huh? Uh, okay. Oh, he's a uh, he's a uh, the the Nazi guy in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure dub. Uh, Rudolf von von Stroheim. All stuff that I know, yeah. Oh, that's funny. He's a uh, Jaggy in the, this, the North Star movie. So he's a character. He shares a uh, thing there. Uh, oh, he's um okay. Uh, I think I think I know his biggest role. So it looks like he's Biakuya. I, I probably butchered that in Bleach. So that that's uh one of the you know you know Rukia from Bleach. Uh yes the the small Do, one. <laughs> yeah, the small one. That's. Uh, that's her brother, uh, kind of adopted brother. He's like one of the big strong guys in the beginning. Uh, that's him. So he's like a pretty important dude. Uh, he's also Jiggin in the dub of uh, the 2016 Loop on the Third movie, Jiggin's Gravestone. That looks pretty cool. Uh, it's also in a few Power Rangers dubs. Incidental characters in Dirge of Cerberus. Uh, he, oh, he's... Uh, I, feel, I feel like half the people in Robotech are like incidental characters in Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah. They, a lot of roles they go around. He's... um Oh, He's uh, Igor in, uh, sorry, I guess Igor in Persona 3 and 4. Oh, I know that voice. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. Shout out. So yeah, Biakia, um, Igor. Appar- yeah, oh I my mean, God, bro. He's uh, He was uh, one of the Borg in Star Trek First Contact. Just like a random like, Borg guy. Huh. Good for him. Yeah. I hope wow. he's the one that Picard shot up in the holiday. <laughs> That's the one you want to be. Uh, he's also in a movie just called Casual Sex with a little question mark at the end. Oh, I want to know the answer to that question. Last night, Kenny Krieger came over to where I was babysitting. And guess what? What? He made me touch it. Yes, Universal Pictures presents a very important motion picture that asks a very serious question about life in the 80s. Life in the 80s. It's a very serious question. It's a very serious question. Casual sex? Oh, no! 
lighter look. I hope I won't be disappointed. At what happens in the dark. Size is very important to me. Forget it. Maybe, if you want. Probably answer to it. I don't think he's not, he's not important enough to get a role, but he's in a movie called Casual Sex. And I think that's good enough to like stay at a party. Uh, so yeah, probably we didn't cover this guy by himself. Uh, it is funny. They both share a Fist of the North Star thing. Uh, do, you, do you know who Jaggy is? He's the uh, shotgun yeah. guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who? Uh, he's cool. Does not, guy that does not matter, but pretty cool. Uh, his Bleach character, not very, like maybe actually one of the, the worst of the, the captain guys. I don't like him at all. He sucks. Jackie is the one that's always riding around a motorcycle, right? With a helmet. Yep. Yep. Okay. He's, he's like, he got owned in a fight with Kenshiro and his face got like half exploded because he kind of like stopped his face explosioning from happening. Now his face looks real gross and he has to cover it with a little helmet. He's the, he's the one that has the same scars, right? Yes. Uh, yes. yeah, he has, he has good scars. Okay. Yep. So that's, that's Dan Warren. Thank you, Dan Warren. Uh, thank you, Shane, for your voice actor segment. Yes, that was my voice actor segment. I'm going to call my voice actor segment uh, the what's his name? The Henry Henry Kissinger Memorial? <laughs> no, no, segment. no. The Hero Amano Memorial segment. Uh, the true oh. hero. Uh, we'll get to him later. Oh yeah, we probably should say. Uh, did we say we're we're covering? I feel we always have to say we're covering. You know, it, like you, you've read the audience. You've read the title. You know what we're covering. We really got to say it. We're covering episode 16 of Robotech, episode 16 of Macross, and a comic called Robotech Vermilion. You already know uh, that. I just, want, I just want to let you know that we are 20 minutes into this, and we're barely saying that. Well, 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 it's just a reminder. They've already read it, but maybe they forgot. They're on a little jog. They're, they're doing some MMA fighting. I bet our audience is up to cool things while they're, they're listening to us, probably sitting. Maybe they're holding their wives' hand. That's cool. Wives are cool. Uh, yes, so I've heard. My turn. My segment. It's standing ovation. Same name every time. Still great. Manny, would you say you're a survivor? No, no, of, no. Okay. You're like the like the song. I think. I think it was a song or band. Okay. Who cares? I survivor like the show. Yeah. 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 Would you? Do you think you do well on Survivor? Uh, no. I would be one of the first ones out. All right, well, let's see how well you do at this game of Survivor, which is guessing what this thing called Survivor does. So take take a look at those two pictures, you and the audience. And first of all, describe what is Survivor. Uh, Survivor looks like some, like a, it looks like a piece of jewelry just on the floor that somebody dropped. It's almost like a, like a necklace or a, one of those big hoop earrings. With like decorative stuff in the middle, like a like a mask in the middle of the hoop mm-hmm, mm-hmm. loop hook hoop. Uh, in the photo you've got here, there's like people stepping away from it, and there's like four or five of these things just laying on the ground. To just a like an embarrassment of, of survivors here. Do you do you recognize uh, the song reference, by the way, or, or the band reference, the band Survivor? Uh, like I know that. Uh, is, is, aren't they like the Eye of the Tiger? Yeah, band? yeah, they're the Eye of the Tiger guys. A good fucking song, by the way. Yes, that's a good song. Yeah, a good fucking song for some good fucking movies. Rocky, very cool. But all right, anyway, you see, uh, Survivor. I'd say I'd say the thing I would push back against is jewelry. It's a little like um, wiggly, like in the jewelry bits. It doesn't seem like uh, it seems like like almost like jellyfish, like and that's kind of like wiggly, a little bit like spaghetti. It, in the first picture, they're kind of like strewn out everywhere, but. 
Uh, yeah, it is like a little like face that is uh, akin to Kujori. At least in the images here, there is no motion conveyed, I think. Right. There's no motion, but it's like a little wiggly in a way that, you know, spaghetti is and jewelry is not typically. Unless you buy very bad spaghetti jewelry. Don't judge me. <laughs> All right. What do you think this thing does? Uh, is it just like landmines? I don't know. Like. No, no I think that'd be too obvious. Like they're like, oh, I don't want to step on this weird little wiggly thing. Think about what happens in this this episode. What's what? What are some some things that that happen in this episode? There's like a there's like a a, a brawl. Yeah, you're you, that's it. What? Yeah, you, that's that's the thing I'm referencing with with the standability. Do, 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 you're, do you're they like there. crawl up on you and then you just start fighting everybody around you? That's you. I'll give it to you. You got it. You got another win from Annie. Here we go. You got the survivor. You survived. Are you mocking survivor? me? Sounds like no. you're mocking me. <laughs> Maybe, but you're also right. Uh, so, so survivor is a automatic and uncontrollable stand. So you can't even control it. It just like when you, it goes off and does its own thing, but it crawls around. And if it touches you specifically, like it, it's like electricity. So it has to be like, you know, wet grounded. Um, but if it, touches you when it's like that it'll put a little electrical pulse into your brain and it'll make you want to really fight everyone around you and you'll be really good at it and you'll be so good at fighting that you won't feel pain you won't feel fear you'll just want to beat the shit of everyone wow that's uh, all it does i could not tell that those were puddles of water in in the panel that you put there yeah, I think that's that's what they're supposed to be, but um, I'm not not sure about. I actually don't know what wet grounding means. I assume that's what it means, like it's just literally wet ground. But it also seems like grounding is an electricity term, right? Yeah. Well, yep. That's that's it. Uh, there's a whole bit like where they they call this in story like this is the most this is the weakest stand. But even the weakest stand has its uses. Like it puts it in a place where they want everyone to go beat the shit out of each other because that's a use. I mean, yeah, that, that's that's a good use for for this stand. Yeah. What do you think of it? Uh, I mean, it's fine. Uh, does 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 it serve any real purpose in in this story, or does the guy just use it and then like whoever's under the effect just gets out of it or something? It's like the basis of multiple fights because they it's like during a prison and they want like a prison riot. And so it works on like a guard and he wants so much fighting to happen that he lets all the prisoners out just so he can fight them. Oh, that's a that's a bad idea, buddy. Yeah. And One the, guard and that's the, a lot the, of prisoners. The main character fights a, a dude that has his own stand, like unrelated, but he's under the effect of Survivor. And so whenever the main character does damage to him, he just like doesn't feel it at all because he's so you know, survivor brain. Yeah. He's hopped up on survivor. Yeah. 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 He's, he's sniffing that little jewelry spaghetti right up his nose. Uh, the other thing, uh, there's also one other effect where you can visualize your enemy's muscles while under the effect. Uh, like, like <laughs> the, like the inside of the muscles or just like, Oh, look at these pecs. Uh, apparently you see a strong point of your enemy's muscle as a star and you see a weak point of your enemy's muscles as like blackened. When you when you look at them under the effects oh, so of that's it, just like that's just like a video game weak point. Yes, yeah, it gives you the giant anime crab ability. Okay, that's a dated reference now, isn't it? I mean, it's fine. People yeah, it's a it. it's a classic. All right, that's Survivor. So you just think it's fine? Well, I'm glad we don't. I'm glad we're not under the effects of Survivor, and we don't have to fight each other, Manny. Uh yes. I mean, you would lose. You would absolutely lose. 
Probably. I mean, you yeah. do have like a, a height advantage, probably a reach advantage. But I don't know. I don't know if you have much else going for you. Yeah, I don't. I don't got the the day to day fighting sensibilities in me like you do. Look, I took I took three months to Taekwondo fifteen years ago. Okay, I've got this. You got it. All right, let's let's talk about some anime and cartoons. And some might say a cartoon that's like a soap opera. You Not can't, me. You can't just drop that. <laughs> like uh, me and Manny, <laughs> me, me and Manny watched three minutes of a Carl Masick interview where they compare Robotech to a soap opera many, many times in a way that slightly confused me. To the soap opera Dallas. Yeah, we have Dallas of the Stars, some might call Robotech. Not Watch us. out for our next podcast, Dallas to the Stars. <laughs> have you ever seen Dallas? Uh, yes. Uh, fuck Dallas. Fuck Dallas the city. Uh, that ask anybody in Texas, including people in Dallas, and they'll say fuck Dallas. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know if I would say fuck Dallas the soap opera though. Okay, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, sure it's fine. Anyway, uh, Macro, let's let's go to our summaries, and I'll read your summary. How do you feel about that, Manny? Um, good luck. Okay. Episode sixteen of Space Dimension Fortress Macross. Great name, Kung Fu Dandy. Global has just broken the news that no one can leave the ship to his bridge crew and Shammy's having none of it and has last heard saying, screw this crap girls, let's go get some Chinese food. The Blue Wind Gang shows up in this episode for 30 seconds begging for food like hobos, but next door, Shammy and her posse, now escorted by Max, pull up on the Nyan Nyan Cafe to load up on Lo Main. They hook up with Hikaru, and he gives them the lowdown on Lin Kaifun. Introductions don't go well once Kaifun learns that Shami's posse is all military. He practically oozes holier-than-thou energy. Misa, first officer but lowest-ranking Shami posse member, instantly recognizes this energy. It's the same as her dead Mars boyfriend, Ryber, and the anti-war talk she had to put up with comes flooding back. It's really funny. Like He doesn't look like, her, look like him very much, right? At all. I don't no. think so. It's very weird. On the TV, it's announced that no one can leave the ship because of a, quote, temporary quarantine, but the civvies aren't buying the lies anymore, and a brawl breaks out, like Survivor. Hikaru and Max start throwing haymakers left and right, and eventually even Kaifun breaks out his defensive kung fu. Misa offers up a handkerchief to Kaifun to clear up a bit of blood, but he's simply too good for military handkerchiefs. Up in space... Camjin has launched an unauthorized attack again, and Laplamese once again sets out to rein him in. As the attack begins, Misa seems a bit distracted by the ghosts of Mars. Hopefully she can get it together. We are really in the battle crosses territory here, with explosions everywhere, when Milia's team arrives to bring Camjin back. Milia is so damn cool. With fresh orders to retreat, Camjin's forces start turning back, but not before they set their main ship on a collision course with the Macross. Probably not a great idea if they want to capture the ship, but it is Camjin after all. It's that time again. Time for a Daedalus attack. The countdown starts as Hikaru pursues Milia, but as the countdown hits zero, there's a whole bunch of nothing happening. Misa is having ghost problems that totally forgets to press the Daedalus button. After Claudia snaps her out of it, she starts the attack, but now the angle is all sorts of messed up. It punches right through Camjin's ship, and when the missiles are launched, they all hit Hikaru. Rest in peace, Hikaru. There goes a real one. Is Max a protagonist now? Find out next week on Do You Remember Robotech? Now that's what I call a Kung Fu dandy. <laughs> uh, he really didn't have like 
I mean, I guess like maybe his introduction uh, and the girls fawning over him was like dandy energy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think I was sold a bill of goods with the title Kung Fu Dandy. Yeah, it doesn't live up. I, I agree. Uh, not a super exciting episode in general. I think half of it is real, real battle crosses. And uh, the first half is, is like general fallout from the events that happened last episode. Would you would you count the 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 restaurant brawl also as the battle crosses? No, no, that's like kind of its own thing. That like serves that, that kind of went on for a little while too, though. It it does, but like at least serves like a, a greater purpose in the structure of, of the show because it's like the civilians reacting to the events of the plot. Uh, the stuff that's happening with um, Camjin's attack is completely meaningless in, in yes, the broader like he, scheme of things. He's just doing the exact same thing he did before. Right, yeah. Like the, the only relevance it has is to push forward the fucking um uh Kaifun storyline with uh with, with Misa here because of the thing that happens at the end. Um uh, but the actual attack doesn't really do anything. I guess it's my turn to read a summary, right? Yep, yep. Uh so I guess that's what I'll do. I'll I'll sum I'll read your summary of Robotech episode sixteen Battle Cry. Oh thank you. Uh, Much worse name. More like Battle Cryl. Because Kyle is back, he has a heartbreaking reunion with his mother and a traditionally toxic masculine reunion with his father. That's pretty funny. Like, he he has to turn away to wipe his tears, right? Yeah. It's hard to be a man. I mean, I'm surprised they showed him crying at all. (laughs) Uh, Later, at a restaurant, Kyle tells the main cast that the military sucks and so do they. Everyone seems pretty pissed at him except for Lisa, who is strongly reminded of her dead Mars BF. (laughs) Man. Like that's that's all we know about this guy. He's just like dead, and he's on Mars. That's right. that's all that I can tell you about him. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's still out there, surely. No, no, he's not. He's dead. He's he's a ghost. I'm telling you. Uh, this conversation is thankfully interrupted by the news that the Macross is under temporary, read permanent quarantine, read pinata measures, and art to leave the ship. The civilians in the restaurant claim correctly that the people sitting uh, at the what? Uh, the char- oh, sorry, I fucked up. It should be like uh, sitting people sitting at the character's table. Um, oh, the, the people sitting at the character's table know more than what's led on. And a fight breaks out. Even though he's a pacifist, Kyle beats the shit out of most of the crowd just using defensive techniques. I think I think he like he he gets out of the way and one guy hits another guy in the face. That was yeah, just really funny. That's good. I like when a guy like flies past him and then Kyle just like brings his arm up to punch the guy already in the air. I don't think it did anything is the thing. Like, I don't no, think like he the, changed the direction of his. No, ball. no, the, that was the first guy. That was, that was what got him into the brawl. Right? <laughs> so like he was just ducking. If he had just ducked a little bit more, he would have been fine. Yeah. But no, he had to like stick his elbow out there and like knee the guy in the balls or something. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see here. Chiron beats the shit out of most of the crowd. just using defensive techniques. Chiron then attacks again. The battle of crosses. I knew you would say that. I knew you would say that. I mean, you do say that. So it wasn't wasn't much of a prediction. You know, I wouldn't have made a lot of money on this bet, but I would have bet. The battle of crosses, but at the end, Lisa is too busy having a BSOD, boyfriend screen of death. Yeah, they they could have added that, that sound effect you were talking about. (laughs) And fucks up the timing of the dayless attack. Due to this, Rick Hunter's plane is blown up with friendly fire as heroic music plays. They just played the the uh, Robotech opening theme for most of that. Yeah, it's so funny in this context. Yeah. As fucking, he's, he's blowing up. He's like, oh, dun, no, dun, don't dun, fucking dun, shoot dun, me. Dun, I'm fucking dying. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, the good, last good shot, shot is of uh, Rick Hunter being wheeled into surgery. Will he meet the fate, uh, the same fate as his famous protege, Hiro Amano? <laughs> uh, was um, that was that after or before this? Do we know? I think it's a little before this, from my understanding. Okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's I think it's like right before, and definitely canon for all intents and purposes. Uh, good old Hiro Amano. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of this episode? Ah, uh, fine. There's, yeah. there's like I, I think it's like half of a fine episode in here, I guess. Yeah. Not not too many big differences for for Robotech either. Uh, to I be mean, honest, uh, that, there's that big one at the end there. Uh, yeah. Let, you know, let's go. Let's go back. I'm not. I don't think I'm actually sure what you're talking talking about. Do you mean the Lisa's uh, Lisa Misa's like crying bit? Uh, that, but also like the, what, what global tells her. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. That, that's really funny. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's the one big one. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's start near the top, I guess. So yeah, this, this episode, um, is, yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of a, a lot of fighting uh, a little bit of, of a back, back and forth there. Not a lot of very fun moments. Uh, there's one like kind of fun moment with the, the blue wind gang is mentioned, uh, and I, I do have a question, possibly brought on by me thinking about Macross missions uh, that I somehow had never thought of before. But do people typically pay money on the Macross for goods and services? That that is a good question. Uh, I, I think I think they do be, or they must be like trading, like at least ration credits or something. Yeah, they've got to be trading something. Yeah, some sort of a, I, I can imagine there being some sort of like a ration credit system. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, that you know, much more than like the military budget making sense uh, in, in, in any case, but but probably like some way of, of rationing out food because I know we know that the like the restaurants are just using the, the rations that the military provides them to, to make the food. Of course, uh, that that was a year ago at this point, so maybe maybe something else is going on. Do you think there's like some some weird hydroponic plant situation going on? Maybe uh, there's there's a, I mean they have a lot of apparently land from we can from what we can see in the park. There's like just ground there, there's earth. So maybe yeah. there's, there's farming going on, and maybe they had like minmay bucks or something that they're trading with. I, I do think it's funny that it's possible everyone is just like living in a communist society, but it's not that sort of show, so they're not making a big point of it, like at all. Yeah. Uh, not, it, not it, is, it is nice that that lady just just tells the blue one gang, "Come on, get some food. I'll get you. I got you. Come on." <laughs> not not the first time someone has started eating a, a plastic chicken wing and, and and pure hunger in front of her shop. It turns out, yeah, she's used to it. Oh, those, some of those things look so good, you know, in restaurants and stuff. Like mm-hmm. little, little fake ones, like made out of a lard or whatever. Uh, I think I think I remember my dad one time accidentally got like some of the fake like plastic dressing like like you know to dress up the side of plates sometimes yeah uh and it was like the plasticky stuff and he just took a bite into it and he's like oh what the fuck is this <laughs> and then he went into the, uh, the the kitchen to cry over how much he loved you so what do you, what do you think about how much of a big deal they made of kaifun slash kyle meeting up with his mom because like we don't know kaifun we don't know his mom why are they making such a big deal out of it I, it's a whole I, moment I don't think it's going to come into play again. I, I, it, you're right though. It almost just seemed like a 
something that there'd be a reasonable expectation for and then something that we would we want to care for because like hey like shouldn't there you know if this this character is coming in that we're making a big deal out of uh yeah, yeah, think, like, hey, like yeah. The, the similar scene although it wasn't as like heartfelt last episode where Minmei met her parents like that was Minmei we know Minmei yeah like Kyle, yeah like it's Kyle I think it just maybe be weird or not to have it. Like, hey, he's been reunited with his parents, and, and they don't make a big thing about it. Maybe the thing I don't think it's like really trying to get your your heartstrings there. Uh, although it does, you know, give him a little bit of a personality. Like, hey, here's like what his relationship to his his family is like. Seems like it is a his dad. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good one. They, they seem to both get along despite the, the awkward, weird um, male father thing going on. Uh, like most most of this episode is just about you know Kyle and Kyle, Kyle Foon, as you might say. Uh, and his interactions with everyone. Um, pro- probably a good place to start, honestly, it, uh, you know, beyond what we've already started with. But maybe what do you think about, about Kaifun here? What's, what's your impression of him? Uh, I, th- I think my, well, you know, I, bad impression. Don't like him. Don't like him at all. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really that, that holier than thou energy is just, no, that, like that's half his character right now. And uh, I don't know. It's not doing a good job for him. He does <clears throat> Chinese Kempo. That's pretty cool. Uh, Chinese Kung Fu. It's in the name Kung Fu. Oh. Okay. In Macross, there's a bit where a character just goes like, wow, Chinese Kung Fu, huh? And then Max comes in the frame. He's like, wow, Chinese Kung Fu. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is really funny. Uh, I forget which which version that I was, but the one of the one of the dubs that I, I watched for that scene, it really just sounded like like people providing commentary in in a shonen battle, like the, yeah. the, that little exchange, like wow, that's that's Chinese kung fu. That's he's the strongest fighter I've ever seen. Yeah, um, it, it very very much so. Yeah, I think so. Kaifun in these episodes is like uh, you're very very much an asshole. He is providing a perspective we have not super reasonably seen so far. Uh, most of the characters, kind of interestingly, don't super engage with him directly. Uh, the, the most that happens is Hikaru says, like, hey, I didn't join the military to to destroy things. It's a little bit funny, um, but you know, I, I get where he, he's coming from in the situation, of course. Uh, but but it's not really an argument. He just kind of whispers it under his breath, and there's a, an awkward pause, which, which very funnily enough, there's a scene uh, where after he says that in the original macro, there's like a long shot of the table where no one says anything uh which is uh absent in in robotech uh, and may just burst in right away uh i i felt like uh that moment you're talking about was in robotech maybe i just nope. missed it or maybe it wasn't mine but in in mine i remember thinking like oh th- that was a weird moment of silence in macross and in robotech like the whole table kind of like ex- like made like disapproving sounds about kyle Hmm. Like one at um, a time as the camera scrolled. Well, no, I think it, it was like it was like a, a big like overhead shot. Is one I'm, I'm thinking of that was kind oh, of specifically, okay. yeah, that where where no no sound happens. Um, but but yeah, broader broader point. I I think they're they're, they're building to something with with him. Uh, that's this, that may be interesting there. Uh, really, like also like my perception of Minmay really falls down a lot with him. She sucks in this episode. Ah, uh, yes. her. Yes, her relation she, to him. She is a she is a Kyle Kaifun simp right now. Yeah, and not not in a good way, uh, as you know. Sometimes simps can. 
she like completely ignores like kind of all the hurtful things she's saying to her her friends uh, at least you know rick rick her friend i guess she doesn't really know anyone else there to be fair but she's like um like he says that like very mean thing to to demisa lisa like hey i don't i'm not gonna accept your handkerchief because you're uh, a fucking military person and he's like ha ha yeah he hates the military ha ha oh i'm going to to rub your your face my beautiful cousin and uh, like what well, min may you suck stop it yeah yeah uh in the, i i think it was in the robotech and uh, the macross english dub but but min may said uh oh kaifun really doesn't like servicemen <laughs> it was just a weird word to say yeah yeah strange uh, so that, that sucks there uh we, we we don't really get uh you know a lot of it this episode but but it's it's kind of what the meat of it and then the yeah. other big thing with with him is the interactions with uh misa lisa and and the the riber stuff which i think uh i think sucks i don't like that stuff at all yeah yeah like i, I it doesn't it doesn't work at all no no it, like like the um, i guess we know that riber w- was like anti-war and that's why he was in mars right but, but they like, don't even, even knowing that it, it's there's no connective tissue it just doesn't i don't feel it Right. He doesn't look like the same guy. And to be honest, from what we've seen of Ryber, he doesn't act like the same guy either. He seems like a very different person than, than Kaifun is. It, like, which is sort of funny, the idea that, that Misa has not met anyone anti-war in her entire life and meeting even one person that shares the same ideals as that, that that's like a pacifist. Really screws her up. Yeah, like puts her, puts her in that position where she's unable to do anything. You know, classic, you know, bad feminist stuff uh, uh like, she, she did have almost that reaction before he knew he was a pacifist right i guess like, so i guess like, he's it, supposed it, to look it, like, like him yeah she she looked at him and it was all dramatic there was like zoom in on her face yeah she said river yeah uh so that's that that's that that's a bummer i'm not super super into that how do you how do you think uh kaifun slash kyle is going to react when he finds out that minmei has been like out there recruiting for the military. You remember that poster uh, of Min May? Like, I want you for the Spacey or something in one of the episodes. Uh, yeah, that that'll be that'll be interesting to see that. I that's a play. I can't say too much more because I I know I know some how, how some of that goes. Oh, it's actual thing. Okay. Yeah, that's that's um, Min May's career and and Kaifun's relation to it definitely show up a bit uh, as as we proceed into into Macross there. Um, yeah, but yeah, he, he, he continues to suck. Uh, it, I guess it is cool. Like, do you, do you think it would have made more sense if he fought the, like the military guys instead of the, the crowd? Uh, no, I don't think it would have made more sense because it, it was just, it was just Max and Hikaru against uh, like a whole gang of people. Yeah. Uh, but like, what, what, he, he, doesn't, not... he, he doesn't like them. He doesn't like, like, like Max and Hikaru. Like, is he begrudgingly respects Hikaru a little bit because of, of Minmei, but Min, uh, Minmei would forgive him for beating shit out of them. I'm sure of it. Oh, like she wouldn't even consider it a problem to forgive. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I just don't think he would have he would have initiated that kind of that kind of attack. Even even like, I mean, what I'm saying is, I don't think anybody would have sent Max flying his way. Is what I'm saying here, right? Do do you think like he only got into the conflict because he was like literally a punch came towards him, not because? Well, no, I feel I feel like like he had a chance to to say, "Hey, I don't want to fight." I feel like he he was like making a decision because he stands up and like the crowd is like, "Oh, hey, Kaifun, you too, huh?" 
Yes. Um, so he, like he, he could have said, no, uh, you know, that was, that was an accident. That was my bad. But he didn't say anything. And, and the brawl just expanded because of. Yeah. Which I guess is an interesting character choice. Cause like, it, and probably like an intentional one, because this is a character that, that goes up, he goes up to a bunch of military people, says, Hey, fuck military people. I don't like you. You're, you're all, you're all bad. And then uh, a fight breaks out and he's on the military side, you know, because like maybe for, for social capital, um, I, I don't really get the sense that he did it out of like a sense of, of honor. Uh, it's, it, it's probably just more out of like, Hey, I, I slightly value Min May's opinion more than that of all, all these random people. Um, it, it, I mean, right? as it was portrayed in, in the show, it was, it was self-defense, right? Like, like so, it was coming at him, right? So self-defense, but also he chooses not to, he doesn't let it go, you know, like if you, if you like, I'm a pacifist, but if you come for me, I'm going to, f- to like hurt you and I'm going to make it your problem is, is sort of what, what I feel about L- like, kind of like when, like if you're an adult um, and, and you're like playing with, with, with a kid and you play too hard, you like kick him in the head and then you're like, yeah, well you shouldn't, shouldn't be playing with me. That's sort of like, you know, like a weird uncle at a Thanksgiving event or something like that. Uh, Kind of, but he also, he only used like, like, like he didn't strike anybody. Sure, sure, but I mean that—that's part of the his explanation. He's like, well, you know, I didn't really hurt anyone. You know, I was just using my defensive techniques. But just like a guy that maybe is kind of actually okay with with doing bad things to people, you know. And then he uh, could be like holier than thou about it. I mean, it's really a bit into it, uh, but yes, we don't have a lot to go on here because um, I, I think it is really funny. Like ultimately, is that the crowd in the situation, like the the angry mean crowd that's that's uh like getting really mad at these people they're right like they're like hey listen you guys at the table know more than you're saying this is a lie what you're telling us you guys are keeping us trapped here for evil fucking reasons and they're not like hopped up on anything they're 100 percent correct and no the really, at the we table, saw that last episode like the yes the, the higher ups just admitted to it yeah we did it what are yeah. you gonna do about it Yep, and the people at the table do know about it, and they are lying about it. Like, and and like Misa is even shouting out, like, "Hey, it's just a temporary measure. Everyone calms down." When she knows it's not, mm-hmm. I do think that is funny that it, they're they're kind of objectively in in the right there, and still Kaifun sides with uh, with with military people despite that. Uh, good guy, Kaifun. Yep. Okay, I think I think I've said my one interesting thing for for this episode uh, with that. Uh, do you have do you have anything to? Uh, I guess we'll we'll just go go over over Robotech differences now. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all that's left in my notes here. Okay. Uh, I do you think it's funny that Kyle and Carl are so different in Robotech, or sorry, so so similar, like name wise. Carl, Carl Ryber, Kyle, you know, Lynn, Lynn Kyle, the two two four letter K words. Yeah, I can see that. Also, Kyle, Kai Foon, you know, yeah. that, that works too. That's where they got it, yeah. I guess. Um. Minmei says the line, the 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 line that she says at the beginning of every one of our episodes. She says the line this time. What what's what's the line? What are you talking about? You, you know the the one in the beginning of of our show where Minmei says, "Oh yes, I totally I totally know that." The the one, you know, the TV one, like, "Hey, you guys want to watch the thing I record on TV?" That one. She says that this episode that plays the beginning of of our theme song every episode. Oh okay yeah okay now now I do remember. Yeah. We we get a new tidbits of a Robotech song. I briefly tried to find out what the name of it was and was not able to. So who cares? Sorry. I mean, the okay. show didn't care. It was interrupted by the by the special bulletin. Yes. 
one one funny little Robotech line I have is that when when the crowd is getting riled up, one of them says like as a list of grievances he has, he says we lost all of our land, which I think is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking but landlords. I, like, I, I think I know what he's trying to say, but that's just a bad way to put it. Yeah. Like we lost our home, damn it. Yeah. Uh, and then I think that's the last thing I have until we get to the, the ending that you, you mentioned, uh, anything else you have before, before the ending? Uh, like l- differences, you mean like that kind of stuff? Yeah. Any, any, any pre ending notes you have. I, okay, I'll so, Yeah. I, I, w- I want to point out that I thought when, uh, when the camera panned over from the blue wind gang going into the restaurant over to, to the cafe and, the, and, and, uh, Max turning the corner with the the gaggle of girls by his side. It almost looked like he was going to notice the Blue and Gang or something. He stopped for a second and like nodded his head, and I, I was like, "Oh, is he going to find them? Is he going to see?" That's funny. But but no, I was I was disappointed. I think he was just hearing the uh, the party that was going down. Yeah, oh yeah, that, that's right. I because I, Max would recognize them. Yes. Oh. Uh, actually, would he? No, because he's the one that was undercover, right? Oh, or yeah, he was right. the one that. But, but Hikari Hitman. Yeah, Hikari would, though. Yes. And can you Lisa. imagine? Lisa was there, too. Yeah. Can you imagine what, if you just like saw a, a dude that's like walking walk around? It's like, hey, did he used to be giant and like an evil alien? I mean, surely that can't be like, that'd be a big accusation to make. Like, maybe if it was just one of them and he's like kind of looked like the blue one game, but all three of them? No. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else here? I have here. The door whoosh is much, much louder in Robotech for when they go into the restaurant. I was like, wow, this door whoosh is very, very loud. They need to chill with this door whoosh. The audience right now thinking like, wow, I'm glad I put this podcast on for great. Look, look, I've got these notes that I took. I want to point out that in Robotech, Hikaru described Kyle as Minmei's distant cousin. And uh, like... Buddy, that, that's just your hopes and dreams there, but that's not true. Distance that's makes it. a heart grow fonder. That's as close as cousins get, I think. Keep going. Once again, a crew member in uh, Azonia's ship has a male voice, even though we know they're supposed to be all women, right? Like, not even just like, it's like a super deep voice like this. Like, I'm just nitpicky about that. There are many sort of different voices that you can you, you can have for your, your gender. That's okay. I mean, that's okay. But I'm saying like they've they've been specifically we we've been told that they are gendered, like segregated by gender. You don't uh, think that a Robotech's a, a deeply progressive show that's that's saying that you could be a, a woman with with any voice? No, that, that's just supposed okay. to be a man, and they just forgot that it's supposed to be all women there. Okay. That's what I think. All right. uh, one more thing here that I've got. Uh, from our boy Chiron. Uh, do you remember his line? Like, uh, these inferior Micronians will fear my name hundreds of years in the future or whatever. Uh-oh. Right? Yeah, that, that, that's funny. Cause, and, and then immediately, Azoni is like, get your ass back here. And he's just like, okay, mommy. Yeah. And in, in Macross, like, it's just a semantics argument instead. It's, it's not like that weird supervillain stuff. In, in, instead of Macross, was like, "Hey, you're not supposed to be like fighting Earth right now." He's like, eh, "I'm not fighting Earth. I'm fighting the people on Earth." Okay. He's like, "All right, that's not going to work on me. I'm, I'm not five years old." He's like, "Okay." Which is a pretty funny, funny combo. Yeah. He, he like he just caved at her orders too. Like, 
after all that big speech. He's just like, okay, I'll, I'll go back. Right to the ending of the episode. So uh, Akaru gets owned in more or less heroic circumstances, depending on the version you're watching. And then, um, like right afterwards, so you know, Lisa Misa does a big fuck up. Uh, in Macross, uh, the, the captain says, "Hey, um, you like need to take some time off, okay? You, you, you know, the, the implication, like, he's not going to big dog her in front of everyone, but the implication is like, yeah, you really fucked this one up. Yep. you need to get out of here. Um, meanwhile, Henry in Robotech is a lot. Maybe he's just like kind of asleep. He didn't really understand what's going on. He's yeah, like." He- says lisa good job <laughs> i fucking hated that guy <laughs> dude he sucks so much i hate i hate that fucking rick hunter that rick rick hunter as we call him what what kind of a name is rick anyway get him out of here yeah yeah you know what maybe henry's right maybe don't maybe rick, send a rescue chopper after him maybe, maybe uh henry knows uh rick cell when, when he sees one now he, he's just sad about uh amano yeah yeah he's he's right it was, it was, it was Rick's responsibility. God damn it. To keep that boy safe. Uh, and then I, during the, the, like there's a scene where Lisa Misa is just like crying by herself. Uh, and there's a little bit of a, a textual difference there in Robotech. She's like crying because she's worried about Rick. Right. Cause he's like, yeah, oh, like I, I hope he's, oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just wondering how she, she like, I guess, I guess she would know, right. Would she yeah. know that she shot Rick down? Yeah, it's probably, it probably feels, it feels it. like, like Misa doesn't know that she shot Rick down. At least yet. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be the, the case. Either she doesn't know or she's like more concerned. Uh, because in, in Macro, she has a line, uh, which is pretty funny. I don't know anything except Kai, kai food is not Riber. Um, which is quite, quite sad. Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious, Misa. They're, <laughs> they're different people. She's having a rough mental health week, looks well, like. Apparently, yeah. Um, and no, that's that's basically the 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 episode. Uh, do you have any more ending point things to point out? Uh, just that the the in the preview for the next episode, the narrator is again saying uh, Hikaru's growing attraction to Lisa. I'm, yeah. I'm still not seeing it right now. Well, and, and speaking of which, uh, that's something we're going to talk about with our comic discussion. We're going to move on to Robotech Vermilion. That's the Robotech Vermilion sound. Uh, Manny, before we we talk about it, probably just a good thing to say, you know, if the audience, if they're listening, if they're listening intently to our words, actions, and deeds, would you say the audience should go out and stop and read Robotech Vermilion? Follow along. Uh, No. No. No, it's not worth it. Uh, Like, I, I can summarize it real quick if you want. I, I do want, but uh, do you want to do you want to give a content warning? Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll give my my opinion first. Um, I do not think you should read Robotech Vermilion. Uh, I think I think you're you're fine. If you're really curious, as always, I can't stop you. But you're you're, you're probably good here. Content warning: Yes, well, we'll we'll be discussing events of the comic, which are a a, a, a scene of of suicide. I'm not gonna linger on it. Uh, it does happen. Uh, it, it will will be a part of the discussion because it is uh, very. Strange. The comic doesn't linger on it. I'll tell you that. No, it's mostly over by then. But yeah, keep keep that in in mind, please. Okay. Wow, audience. I after making a blue screen of death joke, I literally just blue screened right now. Uh, luckily, I'm back. So I guess it's not a blue screen of death, it's a blue screen of temporary crashing. Uh, anyway, 
Wow. LOL. Laugh out loud. Robotech Vermilion is a comic uh, that the ghost of Henry Kissinger did not want me to talk about Robotech Vermilion. Uh, published in the year I was born, 1997, uh, by the writer of Duck Tran, who I do not think really, like many of the the artists around this time, uh, did not get super up to anything uh, important other than like works for Antarctic Press, who I believe all of the comics we've read have been Antarctic Press things. Um, so, yeah, oh, I, I forgot what we're doing here. Um, so I was just so so shocked by by, by my blue screen. Okay, <laughs> Manny, I uh-huh. would like you to give us a summary and get this five sentences, one point two five per issue of Robotech Vermillion. Okay, so this is this is how I've broken it down. You, you, you uh, did it beforehand. Uh, I just wrote it real quick, like God, a couple of minutes ago. How dare you? Uh, uh, I actually just rewrote. Like the the couple of notes that I took for each issue, okay. I was like, oh, I can I can make these notes into a sentence. This is highly against the spirit of the five sentence summary. I, I think I think what I'm going to read would have been almost pretty much word for word what I would have said. Okay. So, so I'm I'm going to preface each each sentence by you know uh, saying what comic it is. So Vermilion issue one. Okay, you cocked me. Uh, Rick's trainee. Uh, What's his name? Hiro, you wrote, you wrote it down, and now you don't remember the name? I never wrote down the name. <laughs> I just wrote down Rick's trainee. Uh, I, you know, I'll just read it. Whatever. Rick's trainee is shot down by traitors in Crimson Squadron while they meet up with a secret stealth Zentradi ship. That's issue one. That's it. Mm-hmm. Vermilion issue two. Rick and original character Lena take a high-tech new plane to look for the trainee. Uh, parentheses, rest in peace. While we find out that a random general is a traitor too. That's issue two. Okay. Vermilion issue three. Rick and Lena escape into a Zentradi ship where they find an obvious weak point while on the Macross, there is a hacker subplot. It's Vermilion issue three. Vermilion issue four. Rick hits the weak point to destroy the Zentradi ship while the hacker subplot is wrapped up. Uh, Rick shoots down the traitor and then the general fucking hangs himself. And that's it. Yep. It's weird. Did I miss anything? No, I think I think you got it. Uh except for the name, which is Hiro Amano. So which is uh, definitely the, the funniest part of this. So yeah, this uh four issue comic, pretty small story, a uh, few interesting little bits. Uh so as uh, Manny, I think mentioned uh, so. There's some some traitors going on here. So these are some human beings who have sided with the Zentradi for the the first time that we've seen in the context of of this overarching story here. Um, I did like that scene where what's what's it, what were the three guys' name? It's fucking Raven, Gallic, and Dydra or something. I think Gallic is the general. Yeah, Gallic is the general. Is there, is, there, is there four guys all together? Just just those Cause, three. Because there's the three from the from the like the squadron, and then there's right. the general. Crimson squadron. Crimson squadron. Yes. Very yeah. Cool. So crimson squadron, I guess, is captured at some point by the Zentradi, and uh, Gallic is like, "Hey, listen, dude, Chiron, we're gonna, I, I, I want to work for you. I'll help you get the Macross, but I want you to give me my own 
like commander uh sorry give me like, my own command in the Zentradi army and Chiron says like lol sure you amuse me uh, I'll, I'll i'll do that let's let's smoke some blunts and drink some some, some shots wine. yeah oh yeah <laughs> drink drink some wine uh and you know i'm gonna say this man i don't think Chiron would have done that no not at all <laughs> like in, in this episode we watched he said inferior microns yeah like he, he would not he would not even talk to these guys I'm picturing like Garlic just like waiting around his Zentradi waiting room and some guy's like, hey, you guys you hear that new news about Chiron the backstabber? And then Garlic's like, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, did, did you mention that that the, the love story between Lena and, and Raven? No, that would have added a whole nother sentence. I can't right. afford that. I yeah. had a five sentence limit. Yeah. So, so original character Lena has a, a romance. Either they're seen kissing with one of the three betrayal guys. Did we do we know why they betrayed? Like we know why Gallic did it. They're just like under his command. They just decided to, to go with them for that. I mean, they just look evil. Right? They're drawn evil, so they're evil. Yeah, they're evil. Um, but, oh yeah. Speaking of, of, of the drawing, it, the character designs in this look really bad. Uh, yeah, like everybody's super weirdly skinny and gangly and long. In not like a cool way, like in Code Geass. No, like they're like that that tall Mario from Mario Maker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a tall anime Mario. Yeah. So um, yeah, Code Geass, Code Geass bodies. That's what they have. So uh, and and so that all looks bad. And there's a bunch of like very funny like you know, my first and like my first manga style drawings in, in there of like them doing like the, you know, the hilarious anime bits. Uh, one of the, one of them got me, which is the, like the Macross itself having an anime, like embarrassed, um, you know, tear coming down his face. Like the last panels. I think that was yeah, pretty right, good. I think it's like the second to last panel. Yes. Yes. That, <laughs> that, that was good. Um, and, and yeah, so that, that's, that's part of it is that Lita has this like big romance with this Raven character. Uh, which um and then later falls in love with with rick hunter after he doesn't become evil i guess it's just her 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 limit after they go through a traumatic experience together like like i think maybe 20 minutes after she finds out that her her boyfriend was a traitor she's like hey rick if you're not busy you know, what, do, what do you think going yeah. Out? yeah i i think maybe she just has an issue with with every guy she she meets also uh she's she's like a character archetype she's like the brainy techno babble person there's like a whole bit where she's her her whole comic panel is like math equations and hikaru gives a sorry rick gives a funny little uh swirly eyed i don't know what's going on here thing yeah, he, he he's da- he's like dizzied by the techno babble yes do you like uh, do you like lena like like it's just, there's like not a lot to anyone enough here to like him not not really but i mean she's she's fine yes she she, she does her job I think I think I kind of like the hacker more. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah, he's fun. He's like, come on, let me let me. I got this. You guys arrested me, but like, I can help you out. Can you take my handcuffs off? No. Oh, okay. I'll still I can still type. Yeah, and he gets cheers from the bridge crew. I think Shammy like says like, yeah, good job, dude. Yeah. There, there's three things I really want to talk about. Aside from that, oh, you know, let's say four. Um, so while we're on Lena, so for some reason in this comic. There's a very strange bit where Misa, God, I keep fucking up. I, I always fuck up the wrong way. Where Lisa is like showed to be deeply, like extremely jealous of Rick in a way 
she is not get in in the show. Jealous for Rick, I think, right? Yes, yeah, yeah sorry, that, that, that's what I meant. Jealous for for Rick. Um, like when at the very end, when Lena is like, "Hey, do you want to go out?" Lisa responds very like in a hostile tone, like, "What do you think you're you're doing? What are you saying to him?" Uh, there's like a, a word bubble at one point where it shows her thoughts, where she's like worried about Lena going together with uh, Rick because they think they'll, they'll they'll make out or something. Uh yes. So it, what it is is Rick is is suggesting a a mission to go out and look for uh, rest in peace, uh, Amano or whatever his name was. And and Lisa is like, no, it's too dangerous. You can't go. But then her thought bubble is like, at least not with her or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there are there are two bits in this comic which made me laugh out loud. Um, Manny, you know about the first one. I, I shared it to you as I was reading. So the the hero motto joke. Yeah, I, I changed my mind. I think you should, uh, if you're out there, audience, read the first five pages of Robotech Vermillion. Uh, I think that's that's like the the good stuff there. Uh, so the first for a few pages, we meet uh, Hiro Mono. He's flying around. Um, Raven goes up to him. He's like, huh, you're Hiro Mono, Rick Hunter's protege, huh? And I'm like, oh, fuck, did I misread the wrong one again? Because I don't know who this character is. But it seems like I should. And then uh, the next page is like uh, four panels of like tragic backstory to him of like him getting his uh, of, like him getting his pilot license, of, like his parents saying hello to him. And the last panel is just like him dying. And it's like, fuck. And he like, like just like a two, uh, literally just a guy that has just appeared, just introduced and now has like a tragic or <laughs> horrifying death that we're supposed to feel something for. It's extremely funny. And, and those four panels that you talked about, they're like in the bottom quarter of the page. Yeah. Like it's just a tiny, small amount. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, the, the second thing I thought was very funny. Manny, can, can you guess what it was? Uh, mm, was it was it when Fokker walks in on on Raven and and what's her name making out? <laughs> uh, that, that's and a little he, little funny. Also, by the way, away. Raven looks way older than Lena. That that is like that is like a thirty five year old dude. Yeah, he's he's got he's got face lines all over him. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, I we we missed the funniest bit. So I, I'll read it. Oh, well, I just realized I misspelled congratulations. They spelled it with a congratulations. Uh, con- congratulations, hero. Welcome to the RDF. Then it's like cuts to like him in a pilot. It's like, that's it. You did it, hero. Then it cuts to, um, I-, I think his mom. Yeah, I, says, I don't want you to join the RDF, but I'm proud of you anyway. And he says, oh, mom. And then it has a close up of him like getting shot or whatever, uh, like dying. And it says like blip. And then the last panel just says "Bakum." It's <laughs> so fucking funny. Uh, anyway, the, the second bit I thought was, was really, really good was when so there's a part while Lena and Rick Hunter are escaping, and there's only two bullets in the gun for whatever reason, and he has to make a perfect shot. And the first one he he fucks up, and Lena's like starts yelling at him like, "No, you idiot! Don't you realize that we need to get out of here?" Rick Hunter goes into like a super mode trance. Uh, like, like, do, do, do you know, do you know what I'm, I'm describing here exactly? Uh, I mean, he like, he's, he like puts the gun down. He takes a deep breath. He's listening. He's remembering the lessons that, that Fokker <laughs> uh, gave him in like issue one, I think. Of yes. the comic. And, and that's why the gun only has two bullets in it. Cause he left that lesson to go. Uh, do this, whatever this is. 
yeah yeah exactly um it's so funny so yeah he puts the gun down he like gets his super focus mode on yeah like like i'm seeing i'm seeing here like in the panels like he's he he can hear his heartbeat that that's how quiet he is yeah let me see i think i think i see it here oh yeah yeah it's it's and it's uh okay so i'll i'll just grab it now so so lena starts yelling at him um we start getting like this this loud uh his, his heartbeat sounds go like thump but thump and then we get a cool side profile of rick hunter putting his gun down and putting a, his his arm to his face and going damn and then getting uh like giant like there's a giant panel of rick surrounded by like the earth itself and then like ravens on the, the right side and garlic's on the left side and it's like rick and like the the, the macross itself right above him like he's bigger than the universe and he gets like these um like flashbacks of him shooting and then he says this is it the moment in which battles are lost and won blam it's so funny i and the the that comic panel with uh, the one with the moments uh, are uh, yeah the moment in which battles are won and lost it's got like a crosshair right <laughs> on his eye looking at yeah, it's very good. It's 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 really funny because it's like so not Rick Hunter. I cannot imagine Rick Hunter in a billion years doing this cool thing, right? Mm-mm, not at all. No, no, like not even like like no one is cool. Like this is maybe a Fokker thing, right? But even then, it's a little bit too much. Um, and then I had one moment where I guess where like they're just like a on screen suicide. Like we see General Gallic. Like grab, yeah. Uh, I guess we just see the the aftermath of it. But it's General Gallic. Yeah, yeah. We just see him hanging from the ceiling with a, a chair tilted over. Yeah, like a, as a fucking SWAT team is going in. It's so weird and totally out of place with everything else in this. It's wild. Like in that page of, of Gallic hanging there, in that exact same spot in the page, in the next page, it, it's like the the SDF one with that little. Uh, anime uh, yeah. sweat bubble and like super deformed uh, Lisa and Lena. Yeah. It's just come on. One page to the next. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's basically Robotech Villain. Do you have anything else, else to say? Uh, I think this is the comic that I've liked <laughs> the most and it's still oh, not good. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I feel like I, I think about Macross missions the most. I think about Ken Sato. A lot. It's such a weird mess of of a comic. I've already yeah. completely forgotten everything that happened there. Ken Kensado, he's the guy. He's a yeah. You know, I, I did think of Kensado watching this episode. There's a bit while the battle's happening where like a, a guy and uh, I think a destroyed like fights a dude and then blows up. And I thought, damn, that was Kensado yeah, yeah. in there. He lands a hit on on the foot of one of the battle pods. Yeah, and takes it out, and then he gets taken out. Yes. Rest in peace, Kensado. Right. Um. So overall, and, and Romano. Two legends of, of of the Robotech universe um, gone too soon. Uh, I, I do have one other thing I like to mention about this that I think is um, a lot. In that, uh, one one thing Manny did not do is read the opening newsletter that comes with each of these issues, and it is like unhinged. Each one of them is like the um, I don't I don't think it's an artist. I think it's just like a guy that works for Antarctic Press. Uh, I think they may be different guys, but each one of them is like writing a bit about how the comics industry is like completely fucked and they're all going to, to be doomed. And it's just really weird to read about it in the comic that you, you'd be buying. Um, 
let me uh, let me read a few of these things here uh, from Mandy's DMs that I, I gave them. Uh, the last sentence in the first one is uh, "until next month" or whenever my computer crashes. <laughs> here's here, here's one. Uh, what positive things have come from the industry these past few years? For every one good thing that has been done, five bad things have resulted. We, and I mean we, as a whole, are on a downward spiral to oblivion. We will vanish like a blacksmith and door-to-door salesman. Let's be realistic about things. The industry is not recovering. Sure, you can throw those few exceptions back in my face, but I can give you 10 examples of a continued failing market for every exception you give. We are in a vicious cycle to nowhere. Uh, Very positive. Good outlook. And then a little later on, I think a different issue He's as like a way to get past it. He says, we're in this for the long haul. Even if destruction is near publishers, let's do something about the industry. If you can't afford to pay the artist $300 a page, pay them $200 and get the book out. Yeesh. Fucking yeesh, dude. Oh, also there's a whole bit. The very, the first thing that they talk about is maybe one of the most banal descriptions. Uh, I I've seen in something where it's a guy talking about, um, how he saw an episode of Wheel of Fortune that reminded him of uh, a Jay Leno skit. Uh, excuse me, an episode of Jeopardy? Oh. No, no, it's it, it's Wheel of Fortune. Are you sure? Yep, yeah, I'll, many, many things have happened in a couple of weeks. We attended the National IPMS, International Professional Modeler Society, uh, convention in Columbus, Ohio last week. That reminds me of a Wheel of Fortune show I saw about a year ago. It was a clue category, and the words revealed were a question that if answered correctly, when they contested an additional $2,000. Well, the clue was a city in Ohio and a themes explorer. The contestant confidently said Cleveland, which also reminds me of the Jay Leno skit, which college graduates couldn't name the continents. Wow. Could you name the continents? I can name like one. Uh, which one? Um, Eurasia. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I have a very out of date geography book. Okay. Uh, right. I admit I'm wrong. It was Wheel of Fortune. Okay. And that's what, what matters. Um, anyway, that's, that's the episode. We're not reading a comic next time. Manny's happy about that, aren't you, little guy? Uh, I, I wish to never read comics ever again. At least Robotech comics. Well, I have some bad news about the many comics we have planned to read, but I hope that you, audience, are out there reading comics you like, reading comics you appreciate, um, and you know, maybe like, I, I don't know, don't pay, pay your people who write your Robotech comics. Okay. They don't, they already don't have enough money. They fucking ran out of toner. You can't keep cutting their money more, dude. Yeah. Don't cut, don't cut their pay by 33% just cause you, you, you want to stay in business. It's um, the only way bad. You see, do you see at the bottom of the page? Uh, it says how many, uh, issues were printed. Uh, no, how many issues were printed? 6,200 for the first issue. Is that, that seems like, is that low? It seems kind of low. That seems kind of low. Uh, it seems like issue two had 8,500, issue three, 7,500, and issue four, 6,200. Huh. I, they, they do also mention, by the way, that, um, that the Robotech comics are doing okay, but not great, which is a very weird thing to read in the product itself once again right like i feel like you'd want to have like oh yeah we're doing great we're really doing good people are loving it we appreciate you you don't want to like buy you don't want to like buy something 
and have like a thing say like, yeah, um, we're like kind of barely hanging in there, dude. <laughs> that's 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 for Patreon. That's not yeah, for, come on. for a company. Let's get these people buying. Let's let's sell all these six thousand five hundred issues. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's get in there. We 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 parted. We did not buy it. That's why the comic industry is dying. Oh, sorry. The first one is ten thousand issues. Whoa. That 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 make more sense. Uh, anyway, um, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope I don't blue screen it again. Fuck. Uh, and remember what I always say when I realize that we're maybe never going to have a cross-up again because nothing that different happens. I say, I love you. Do you love me? Remember, Robotech is hosted by me, Shane, and my good friend, Manny. The intro music is arranged by me, sampling the Macross opening, a Robotech commercial, and Lifelike by Alexi Action. The podcast art is arranged by Manny, with the logo in particular made by Glory Designs. Our ending music is a mashup of My Boyfriend is a Pilot and My Time to Be a Star, arranged by Joshua Collin.